All right, everyone, this is part two of the podcast. Joining me will be Nick D'Souza. We are going to break down everything Maple Leafs. We're going to talk through the NHL playoffs, which is here. I'm stressed. I know you're all stressed, but let's break down where we really stand with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Right, we're back thanks again to rob shaw who came on talked us through the nba playoffs but we got to get to what i want to talk about that's the nhl that's the beauty of ian not being here is that i get to talk more hockey so joining me to talk hockey today on this sunday evening is nick d'souza writer for Leafs nation nick welcome back buddy how you doing i'm doing good i think uh the time that we've been waiting for for over a year now is finally upon us, the time of stress, the time of excitement. So uh, it should be pretty good. Are you ready to be hurt again? I think you I think you have to if you have the passion and you have the the belief that we all do. I think, you know, I'm, I'm not the type of person that goes into these series where, uh, you know, I'm expecting a loss or anything like that. Uh, you know, this is a good team. So I think uh, I think a Leafs fan should be ready for, for a Leafs win and, and expect the best and, you know, be ready to be hurt again. Cry later. Exactly. Yeah, um, exactly. Before we look ahead, let's look back. The Toronto Maple Leafs, Nick, as you well know, just put together their best season ever in over a 100-year history in the NHL. 115 points, second in the Eastern Conference. Did they end up finishing second? Where did they end up finishing? Do you know? Yeah, so they finished uh, second in the division, um, right behind Florida. So they got the home ice advantage tomorrow. Uh, in the conference, like if they did the one eight, they'd be third. So they would have actually right. played Boston. They uh, would have because it was Carolina, so, right? That finished second behind uh, behind Florida. Exactly. Yeah, one point ahead of them. Well, again, historic. So before I ask you what the season meant to you, and you kind of alluded to it, there are a lot of fans out there that talk this entire season about the regular season does not matter. All that matters is what happens in the playoffs. And while I do believe that, that, that there is a sense of truth to that, I don't think it's entirely true. I want to ask you, there were 10 players that eclipsed their career high in goals for the Toronto Maple Leafs this year. Can you name them? Ooh, uh, I can certainly try. I would like to see. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so let's go Matthews, Marner, Bunting, uh, Engvall, Mikheyev. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's that, five? That's five. Uh, Let's see here. I don't think, definitely not Tavares. Nope. Uh, Nylander was one. Nylander, six. Not Spezza, not Simmons, not uh, maybe Kerfoot. No, he did not. He scored so, 19 in his rookie season. David Camp definitely is one. He definitely did with 11. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, Andre Kasha might have done it. He actually, Andre no, Kasha he had 25 sure. with the Ducks. Oh, actually, yeah, that is true. When what they went right Boston, you, you are missing. Okay, so to be fair, you're missing three but only two of them really count because i had i put nick abrazizi in there even though he yeah, only has one, say, goal. There might have been one yeah, so <laughs> yeah. two 
Well, I'm completely not even thinking about defensemen here. Uh, they are both defensemen. Think, oh, they are both defensemen. Okay. Uh, no, I'm you're, blanking here. Come on, uh, your guy. Maybe, okay, Sandine. No, come on. You're, or, who, no, 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 not Sandine. Sorry, Lilligren. I don't. He may have been. I may have missed that one. But the last okay. two are Ilya Labushkin with two. Okay, okay. And I knew just, that it was going to be some of the small ones. And, and Justin Hall. Hall with three, even though he <laughs> scored two in his first National Hockey League game, which was I love that crazy. We're, we're gonna need uh, we're gonna need Ilya Labushkin and, and Justin Hall to be scoring a bunch of goals if uh, the Leafs are going to be advancing in this in this series. So we need I'd their, take, their goal scoring. I'd take them just them keeping it out of our net, but yeah, um, but let's course. look back. What were some of the big takeaways that you had from this historic season? Well, I think the first thing is I, I do think this regular season did did matter. Um, you know, the Leafs have never really been. You know, they they finished. I think this is one of the first times they've had home ice advantage, um, other than obviously the North Division. Like it's been a it was a tough it was a tough division this year. Obviously, they had Boston in there, they had Tampa in there, they had Florida in there. Um, you know, I think we needed an 82 game season to see where this team really was um, to see if they could be like a top two team. Could they get home ice advantage? Um, you know, Dubas obviously got a, a bunch of new players. We found out that, you know, some of them didn't work like Nick Ritchie, um, but a lot of them did work. Like Michael Bunting's had a fantastic season this year. I think David Camp's going to be really important in this playoff series. Uh, Andre Kasha obviously had a, a bad injury. Uh, with the concussion to end the season, but he was fantastic when he was healthy. So I think we did learn a lot um, throughout the season. And I mean, at the end of the day, this is a good hockey club. Uh, the only problem is they are in a division that has four of, you know, probably the best six or seven teams in the whole NHL. So That's they're going to have to go through them in this playoffs. So. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned the, the key, the Kyle Dubas piece, you know, as we went through that list, Bunting, Camp, Bush, all those guys were Keith edition or Keith Dubas editions this year, having career mm-hmm. years, um, playing to a level that you know we had hoped, but we don't, we, we you can't guarantee. And you know what, you mentioned Richie. I think obviously the two ones that he swung and missed on were Richie and Morazic. And Richie, mm-hmm. he to his credit, he pulled the shoot quickly, you know, mm-hmm. he he didn't wait and you see this a lot with general managers you and i may have spoken about this with with kevin before nick but a lot of gms when they think they know what they're that they're right they hold on too long that's one of the things that made bill belichick so great was he got out a year early rather than a year late and i think right. walking away from a nick Ritchie that quickly knowing shit this isn't working getting at least a serviceable body who shoots right and plays defense. We're going to get to if, if he should be in the, in the lineup, in your opinion, for the first round of the playoffs. But still, I at least give him credit for that. Acknowledging 100%. that he made a mistake and, and trying to fix it. And, you know, I also think that there's a lot to take away from this season with the top two guys, Matthews and Marner. I wonder what your thoughts are, because I think those two guys, obviously, we know Matthews hit another level, not just offensively, but defensively. I think um, uh, Dom LeCision had him as having like the best analytical season of all time, or at least one of the top three analytical seasons of all time, meaning he's affecting 
all three zones in such a positive way that it made him so valuable. Now, obviously scoring goals helps that because that's the most important thing you can do in hockey. But what did you see out of Matthews and Marner as we head into this playoff series where you go, this, these are two different guys than they were last year. Yeah. You know, I think, I think both of them, uh, let's talk about Matthews first. I think, I don't think anyone's really, you know, surprised that he's had a good season. I don't think anyone expected it to be this good. Um, it was nice to see another strong defensive performance from him all year. He was fantastic on both ends of the ice. And obviously the 60 goals, I think I think we all knew that he was capable of definitely doing this. I mean, he's a player that's, you know, shot around 13 14% for his whole career, uh, pretty consistent year to year. And then obviously this year, you know, his shot total stayed up. He gets 60 goals. Um, you know, with Marner, I think maybe the regular season matters a little bit more just because of the, the playoffs. Um, you know, kind of what happened in the playoffs last year against Montreal. I don't think anyone really, I, well, I mean, I don't think the, the management doubted that he was a good player or a valuable player. Um, I think a lot of the fan base maybe, you know, had their doubts after the playoffs. So I think he's That's definitely proven putting it lightly. Wrong. Yeah, right. Putting it lightly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> this guy was hiding know, up at his cottage because he didn't want to be down I, in Toronto. I think it's, I think it's nice just from a, a standpoint of, you know, maybe he's proven people wrong. Um, but I mean, Marner's a great player. I think, you know, the, the big question mark with him going into the season for me anyways, was, is he worth the money? And I think this year he's shown that he's penalty kills. He's great on the power play. He's been a great five on five producer. He's, he scored, you know, what is, whatever it was, 30 something goals, 35 goals, 35 goals. So that was a nice touch for him. So, um, you know, I think for him, like he's going to have to be really good in the series because he's going to go up against, uh, you know, Victor Hedman every single night. He's going to go up against Stamkos and Kucherov. And, and Matthews and Marner at the end of this, at the end of the day are going to be the guys that are kind of steering the boat for this team. So uh, they're going to have to have a big playoff series. And I think they're due. Oh, for sure. It, it, I don't want to jump too far ahead to the Tampa series, but mm-hmm. let's be honest, everyone. If Matthews and Marner don't play well and or Jack Campbell isn't good, it doesn't matter what anyone else does. You can't win a series that way if your goaltending or your best players don't show up. So we'll get to that in a minute. The The big thing for Marner, you, you touched on, is, is the goal scoring. Mm-hmm. And he took a step where his confidence went to another level, where he's like, he realized, with and trust me, we, we all watch, we know, he realized what an element of bringing that sense of fear of, I'm going to shoot this puck opens up for him and his teammates with his tremendous playmaking ability. If someone has to focus on him because he can score, all of a sudden they have to sag off of a, of a Matthews or a bunting or a Riley pinching in from the point. It, it unloads, it unlocks so much for this team that I'm excited to see how that, how it happens in the playoffs. You and I know we've watched enough of the last two years of series. What did Montreal and Columbus do? When I got to the playoffs, they clogged the middle and they tried to take away Matthews as much as possible. And there, there was no answer anywhere else. They didn't have the depth. Last year, they didn't have Tavares. Nylander and Kerfoot definitely showed up in the playoffs, but you're not winning a series on the back of Nylander and Kerfoot being your most productive players. So, um, so let, let me ask you this quickly. And then we'll get to the Tampa series. Is Austin Matthews the Hart Trophy winner? I think he should be. I mean... You look at uh, you look at the guys he's going up against. I think Jonathan Huberdeau's had a great uh, great year. Enough of that. No, it's Connor five or it's five. Sturkin. 
Yeah, I know. Five yeah, on yeah. five. I, I wanted to get a Huberto out of the way early. Five <laughs> on five. The production hasn't been there. No. Um, I don't think like like Matthew scored sixty goals at the end of the day. Um, the Shifterkin thing. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I don't know if you give it to a goalie. Like you already have the Vesna there. Um, I think Shifterkin's been great though. So I don't know. I think I, that's just a personal beef that I have. Matthews has been great in his own end. He scored sixty goals this year. He has over a hundred points. To me, I mean, there's there's it, it, like this is a a a diamond like in terms of one season regular season performances uh, i mean if he doesn't get the heart then you know we really need to just kind of look at what this award's really about well and i know everyone gets all up in arms about the award being the most valuable to their team and the toronto maple Leafs have like a mm-hmm. 750 winning percentage when he's out of the lineup and I, okay enough of that i like my heart trophy winner my mvp to encapsulate that season, that year. Mm-hmm. This is Austin Matthews' year. This is it's it's his year. You can't you cannot tell me that it's anyone else's. Only one is maybe Shesterkin, but to your point, they have the Vesna, so he's already going to be the best. Like that's a foregone conclusion. He's winning that, and you have to be so great, so dominant to unseed a player who plays, you know, eighty percent of the games versus a goalie that plays. 50 to 60% of the games. It's just, I have trouble with that as well, Nick. It does. It's, it's tricky for me. You know, is he having a Dominic Kashuk level season? It's actually, he's actually doing really good. So I, I think he's in, yeah. he should be in the conversation, but if you take a snapshot of what the season is, it was the Panthers having a dominant four plus goal, um, a game season. They were awarded with the president's trophy. Austin Matthews was the best player on an incredible team. This isn't like we're talking about Mike Trout being an (laughs) otherworldly player on a team that isn't even making the playoffs. Like this is a 115 point team. To me, it's, it's Matthews. I agree with you. Any other thoughts on the Hart trophy before we move on to Tampa? No, I hope he wins it though. I mean, like, I think, you know, it's funny because every year you look at McDavid and what he does and it's like, this guy's got to win the heart. Like every year, except for this year, for the past couple of years, if you ask me who the Hart trophy winner is, most likely I would say McDavid. Um, but this year, I think it's a little different. Uh, it, it's one of those years where if Matthews doesn't win this year, it's like, well, what does this guy need to do to win the hard trophy? 100% um, agree. I've said that in the past about McDavid. Obviously, he's won, I don't know if it was last year or the year before. Um, but he's got three, right? Yeah. And, you know, At honestly, he probably deserves more. Uh, You're right. You know, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah it's, it's one of those things where every time he doesn't win, I think, like, okay, what does this guy need to do more? Um, but I think this year is Matthew's year as, as what you said. So my vote would definitely be, uh, it would definitely be also Matthew's. Yeah. McDavid, McDavid has two. I forgot dry side. won it two years ago. Yeah. All right. Elephant in the room. Playoffs are here. I'm sick. I've been sick for eight days, as you can probably tell by my voice. Um, I'm sick emotionally walking into the series <laughs> tomorrow. I will be in the building for game two. So I'm oh, excited awesome. about that. So the Maple Leafs have their best season ever. They, they have a Rocket Richard winner. They have a potential Hart Trophy winner. And their prize is two-time back-to-back Stanley Cup winning Tampa Bay Lightning sitting there waiting for them. So I'm just going to put it bluntly, Nick. How does Toronto win this series? Well, I think this is probably... Well, first thing I'll say is I think it's nice to have, it's nice and it's not nice. Well, I, I 
first of all, it's nice to have a full capacity, like full crowd in for a playoff round. Um, last two rounds, obviously, because of COVID, there was no fans. Have you I been in that building thing. for a playoff game? Yes. When? I went in. So I the last time I went, so I was in 2013. I was there for game. Oh, God. Sorry. 2013, I was there for game six. Um, and then since then, that was, I was first, out of the, was the first Boston, right? Yes, the first Boston, the game before the game. <laughs> the game um, before the game, right? I've been to a lot of games at TD Garden during the right the two series against yep. the Leafs. Uh, electric building, incredible. If if I could ever give like, you you have to be kind of on uh, high alert when you're there for sure. But you have to be on high alert, especially if you have a Leafs jersey on. Uh, but it's an amazing atmosphere. It's, mm-hmm. it's really good. Uh, but a Leafs playoff game, I don't think I've been in quite a while, actually. So you know why I bring it up? I agree with you. I think having the fans there is is so important. Just in general, we all live and breathe this stuff. But a Toronto Maple Leafs playoff game right now at home is yep. one of the most stressful environments in the world. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone in that building either doesn't care because it's like $18,000 to get a ticket. So they're just there to be there. Or B, they're so scarred and just they assume the worst that they just can't let themselves enjoy it. And it's like I say this all the time. I think the loudest I've ever heard, and I've been to a lot of games. I've been lucky enough that I've had seasons. I've been able to go. The loudest I ever heard it, I think, was Thomas Thomas Buchanan's empty net goal against Mm. Boston where Marlowe blatantly interfered with the guy, but he got to go down and score. And it was just relief it's like being in baseball playoffs you're not elated you're just relieved when the game is over that's with that so i i can't even imagine the tension that's going to be in that arena because there's just no confidence that's why a place like boston tampa they ooze overconfidence that's what makes it so great no boston fan walks into that building and goes you know what we're gonna lose tonight we're definitely (laughs) losing every leaf fan walks into that building going we're definitely fucking losing this game because that's what we know that's who we are and it's it it bleeds into the environment so that's why i bring that up but again i got away from it how are they winning this series well it's almost like to to add to your point it's almost like that game five uh with sixers versus the raptors like that sixers crowd was so nervous that game they knew they were losing they played amazing yeah It, it i watched i watched that game and i almost thought like I feel bad for these Sixers fans because I know what it feels like. We all know. All these fans know what that feeling is. But, um, but yeah, going to the series, you know, I think it's nice that th- there's a series where it's almost a 50-50. You know, like you said earlier, what Columbus did last year what or two years ago and what Montreal did, they sat back, they defended, and they hoped that their goalie was going to be really good. And they also hoped that they scored on minimal chances. Yep. I think it's going to be nice to see a series that it's almost going to be 50, 50 in terms of possession. I think that both teams are going to want to have the puck on their sticks. Um, I think that's good. I think it's going to be a good series. I think it's a pretty close 50, 50 battle right now. I, you know, I, I think, I think the Leafs on paper, are, well, I wouldn't say on paper. I think the Leafs are this season during the regular season have been a better team. Objectively um, had a better season than Tampa this year. Like let's, let's, I agree. let's, you know, let's not sugarcoat it. Are they better yeah. suited for the playoffs? Are they going to win this series? We don't know, and we could probably argue that 
they are not better suited and built for a playoff series. And I actually agree with that statement, but they objectively had a better season. Forget yeah. points. We're better this year. Yeah. But, and, you know, Tampa went through some injuries and whatnot. You know, for sure they, they did. did have some yeah, injuries point early in but, yeah. but, you know what? The Leafs, I think, have been a better team this in the regular season. Because of uh, Tampa's, obviously, their, their playoff record and their playoff history, their two-time defending champs, they do have the better goalie who's arguably uh, I think the best goalie yeah. in the league. <laughs> That's a big deal. Yeah. I think that kind of puts it to a 50-50. You know, and, and, you know, you look at the predictions from around people that are Leafs fans. Some people say Tampa in seven. Some say Leafs in seven. I'm going Leafs in seven. I think that this is their year to do it. I think the Leafs are, I think they're deeper. I think they're going to, I think Matthews is really going to kind of have his, his, his mark on this series, uh, or at least I hope. But it's not going to be easy. I mean, this is, forget about the two cups in the past. This is a good hockey club in Tampa. They're very, they're very good from line one to line four. Um, all three of their pairings, just like the Leafs, are reliable. Um, and obviously they have Andre Vasilevsky, who's been, you know, arguably the MVP of both years in the past two playoff series. This is the problem. You can make an argument that up and down the lineup. So I think that that the Leafs' top-end forward talent is better than the top-end talent on Tampa. And that's not – now, again, if, if playoff Braden Point shows up, well, then th- that's a different scenario. But I think that Mar- that Matthews is the best player in the series, right? And I, and I would argue that Marner right now is at minimum the third best forward in the series. So they at least yeah, have two I'd say of that's the a t- bit closer. Yeah, oh, it's de- like, oh, it's definitely closer. But they, yeah, yeah. But they have two of, in my opinion, two of the three best forwards. They have forward depth. From they have shut down players. They they it, they have got secondary scoring this year. We talked about people who had career career years uh, with goals. Nick, we mentioned Bunting, Mikheyev, Engvall, and Camp. All of them. None of them play on the top on the top line. They are all mixed in throughout. But and on defense, I know that we do have defensive depth. We do not have Victor Hedman, so they have mm-hmm. the top end talent on on the back end. But we both have defensive depth. I think that the depth of the of the least defense gets overrated. I do because I think we don't like what Jake Muzzin is showing up. Are we getting the Labushkin of the last three weeks or the Labushkin of the first three weeks? Is Lilligren going to be ready for, for a moment like this? Now, it helps that we have Sandin and Hall sitting and waiting, but I do think the depth gets overrated in the sense of that we are like one through six, locked, steady, we know what we're getting. I don't think we have that, but I do think that we're better prepared if there's an injury to a guy like Muzzin, where last year it's like, or in the years past, it's like we're, we're toast. But in goal, that is... We talk about that's a Grand Canyon chasm. So we need, we don't need Jack Campbell. We need Jack Campbell to get hot. We don't need him to be Jack Campbell because Jack Campbell can't beat Andre Vasilevsky. We need him to go November Jack Campbell and go nuclear. So let's look at the lines. Very interesting today. So Bunting remains out. He's doubtful for game one. So the lines today were Matthews, Marner, Kerfoot, Tavares, Mikheyev, Kasha. Camp, Engvall, Nylander, Blackwell, Simmons, Clifford. And then on the back end, Riley, Labushkin, Muzzin, Brody, Giordano, Lilligren. I know you sent out tweets about the fourth line. So save your comments mm-hmm. on that. What do you think of the rest of the group? Well, I think given that Bunting's out, I think that Sheldon Keith has to do a little bit of line juggling, as you can see. Like, like that Kerfoot line at, 
at the top. I kind of like it. I mean, obviously, Matthews and Marner need to stay together. Um, we've seen that with good puck retrievers, that's kind of what the third person needs to be. Bunting's very good at that. He wins battles, uh, and he can make plays. And I think Kerfoot's kind of similar. Obviously, he's not as shot heavy as Bunting, but no. um, or net fronts, net front presence. Net front. Is, that, is that a word? Right. Presency? Yeah. We'll take it. We'll take yeah, it before thanks. playoffs. We'll take anything. But um, no, but I think with Kerfoot, he wins a lot of battles. He wins a lot of puck races, more importantly. Puck races um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's, and he's one of the, he's kind of like a process player where, you know, there's, there's some players that are kind of at the end of, you know, plays, uh, like a Michael Bunting, but there's also guys that are, that make the, the pass before the second assist. And that's Kerfoot. He connects the dots. I really like him in the neutral zone. Um, he's a good defensive player. When he's in the offensive zone, like the puck never dies on his stick. He can make a play. And I think that's what Matthews and Marner need, especially if Bunting's not going to be there. Uh, and Kerfoot's a pretty good playoff performer. I think that, you know, we don't really talk about this very much. Last year, obviously, he was good on that Nylander line. But the year before, he was pretty good as well. When you look at just primary points per 60 in terms of the last two years uh, at 5-on-5, five five, Kerfoot's actually the top three. I think the only one who beats him in the last two years is actually Nylander. Um, in terms of primary points. So he has been producing in the playoffs. So I do like that first line. Um, just for now. I think once Bunting comes back, then you need to put Bunting there. That that line was just too good throughout the regular season. And Bunting just seems like a type of guy that could, will elevate his game uh, in the playoffs. So um, in terms of the second line, I like it too. I think Mikheyev has really turned, you know, in terms of his puck carrying, in terms of his energy, and now he's starting to score goals. So it's kind of like the cherry on top. Um, Tasha. I mean, anyone who's followed me or, or any of my work knows how big of a fan. I know you know how big of a fan I, I do. Am, Andre Kasha. Yeah, so, um, and, you know, at this point, Tavares is a very good player in the offensive zone, but he needs players to get him there. Uh, he's yes. not the same neutral zone player. He's not the same transition player he was in the past. So, McKayev's definitely a guy that can get him there. And Kasha's definitely a guy that can get him there. So, again, I like that line as well. And that's why I'd rather Kerfoot be there. Because In, Kerf, I think yes. Kerf, Kerfoot's best skill is just doing that. He never skates in a straight line when he has the puck. He's always doing this, these swerves. And I, I let, he gets through the neutral zone well and gets the puck into the offensive zone. And to your point, he's not a puck battle winner. He's a, he gets to the puck before the battle even begins. Right. And that's what I think that's what Tavares needs. I am, I am shocked that they're playing Kasha. And yeah. I'm thinking this from the human perspective, Nick. This dude's brain is scrambled eggs at this point. And you're going to let him sit for two. And, and I'm not actually not saying that in a, like, I'm not, you know, degrading Kasha in any capacity. It's, I'm legit worried for him walking into a playoff series against Tampa, playing top six minutes after being out for two months with another concussion. I don't know, man. I let him fly around the fourth line, which I know that we're going to get to. That that would have been more my preference. And what about Willie? Are, are, have you loved this third line experiment with him and because I think the results have been there, but I watch every minute of every game. I don't know if I'm there. I don't know if I yeah. love this. I'm I'm back and forth on that line. I think uh, the there's a few things that I don't like. One is a player like William Nylander playing with David Camp. Period. No, I think that he. Right. No. I think Camp has been Camp's been better offensively than I expected. I also expect him to be like a net 
negative <laughs> offensively. He's a which puck pusher in the is. offensive zone, Nick. Let's not be let's not right. sugarcoat it. What nine of his eleven goals have come on tips from the point or like bounces off of his skate, which I love. That's great. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, this feels like he's starting it this way because it's had success. Let's see what happens. I expect Nylander on that second line very quickly. I think you're going to see bits and pieces. So what I think is, you know, camp obviously starts a lot of the, the face-offs in the defensive zone. Yes. Nylander leads, is one of the leaders in the league in terms of um, breakaways. I know he was earlier in the year. I should fact check that actually if he still is right now. But um, I would, in terms I of would not goals, shock me. Yeah. He, well, him okay, me. yeah. Yeah. So Nylander and Engvall, both great skaters, both great puck carriers. I expect them to get a lot of counterattacks. Uh, type chances this um, this playoff series. The Leafs have been pretty good at stretching the ice since January 1st. Uh, since they came back from that COVID break, they've been stretching the ice a lot more. And I think that does benefit players like Nylander and Engvall that are quite quick and that are very good off the rush. So that's my thinking. I, I know that Sheldon Keith kind of alluded to that uh, at least a month or two ago when they first started with this line. Yep. And the other thing that I like about this line and just this lineup configuration in general is, you know, Nylander's not going to stay on that third line, like you said. No, no. He puts, very good he puts the lines in blenders all the time. Yeah. And he also does it based on zone starts. So, yes. you know, we're going to see a Nylander, Matthews, Marner line yep. by the second period tomorrow in the offensive zone. So I'm not too scared about Nylander's ice time or anything like that. He's going to do a good job. Um, he's proven that he can do this and, you know, kind of have this done. Is the Nylander camp Engvall line going to stay together for the full series? We don't know. I mean, hopefully they do because that means that they're winning some games and Keith doesn't want to change anything. If he doesn't but, change it, Nick, you're 100% right. It means that they're winning the yeah, series because th- that's what's happening. These games. Right, right. But, you know, it's going to be tinkered. I don't mind it for tomorrow. Um, we'll see how it goes. But uh, that's, that line is still, you know, not really a concern for me as much as it is. The I know. That, one as, sec. As before, you know. We, before we get there. <laughs> But I just, I can't get away from the fact that, and this was my biggest struggle throughout the years. The Kerfoot Tavares Nylander line did not work. It has worked in the past. It did not work this time. What my thing is, I love, like, love, love the Camp Mikheyev Engvall line. And I think that line would cause serious problems against all four lines that Tampa could throw out just because they're all big, they're long, they're fast, and they're strong defensively. And they, you know, you, you see the numbers even more than I do. That line transitioned defense to offense better than basically every line in the league that didn't have Patrice Bergeron on it. So that's one that I just can't get away from me saying, well, we know we have an elite first line. We know we have an elite third line. Let's hope playoff Nylander shows up and then the second line is fixed. What about the fourth line? Because clearly Keith is going muscle. And yeah. I know you don't agree. Well, the to 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 I wouldn't say counter your point there. I think keeps thinking, and I'm not trying to talk for him, but the they they just haven't gotten any offense or any contribution from the fourth line for at least two three months now. Um, my I think the second line hasn't been that good, and if you have Engvall, Mikheyev, and Camp as a third line, it's pretty defensive. Like I know Engvall scored some goals. Mikheyev has scored more than usual, but I wouldn't really trust that line to score very much. So now all of a sudden, you're, you kind of almost become a one-line team. So I don't That's mind true. 
I don't mind them, you know, dropping Nylander to the third line, giving that a little bit more offense, bringing Mikheyev up to the second line to play with Tavares. You kind of become like a, a little bit more of a three-line team. But it kind of all stems from having a fourth line that's really just not doing much for you. Um, so before I get into the fourth line, I, I want to say, like, I do appreciate physical hockey. You know, I grew up watching Darcy Tucker, Shane Corson. I almost, I almost feel like sometimes I need to defend myself. You gotta put I, a disclaimer out before you say get these, get these bruisers out of the lineup. This is this is what's yeah, happening. Like, everyone listening, just so you know. I love players like Bunting. That's exactly what's happening here. But at the end of the day, you know, I think that sometimes when you look at Tampa, we kind of oversimplify what they do well. Um, you know, I, I tweeted this out earlier today, like the the Perry, Belmar, and Maroon line. They're tough. They're tough lines, but they're good. And they take, I think it's 55 to 60% of defensive zone starts. They're a team that is, they're a line that's defensively trusted by John Cooper and they win their minutes. Would you say it was 55% of expected goals? Yes. And it's also, they're also in the green. Really good. And they're also in the green in terms of regular goals, too. So that's a good fourth line. And I, I don't want, you know, the, the Leafs to oversimplify this and say, oh, well, they're throwing out their tough guys on their fourth line. We can do that too, because lines that include Clifford and Simmons, they're not putting up, they're, they're mostly starting in the offensive zone and they're at a 38% expected goal. Um, they're not winning their minutes right now. I'm very scared of, you know, we've seen this in the past, especially with the Bruins series where um, Cassidy would virtually just find that fourth line for the Leafs. And guys like Frederick Gauthier would be stuck out against Bergeron, right. and Pasternak, and Marchand. Right. They scored at least two goals with that happening, whether that was off an icing or just a long change. I do not feel comfortable having Clifford Blackwell and Simmons on the ice against, let's say, a Steven Stamkos who has, you know, over I think it's like 13 points in his last seven games or something like that. Um, so I think that's something. I think being at home helps. I think that definitely helps the last change. Hopefully they can avoid that. But I mean, fourth line versus fourth line, you know, I don't think Maroon's going to hurt you too much. But I mean, if, if that line's spending that full shift in their own end and Perry and Maroon can kind of get on the four check, I think that's really going to impact the momentum more than, you know, having a guy like Clifford or Simmons being able to drop the gloves. So um, I don't mind this for game one. You know, it's, I'm not going to make a big stink out of this, but it's definitely something where once Bunting comes back, I would love to see, you know, a, a even a Kasha drop to that, or even Kerfoot drop to that fourth line, have Blackwell, have Kerfoot, and have, let's say, a Simmons or Spezza on that fourth line. But you're a little bit more comfortable if, if you know, especially in Tampa, if Sam Close is on the ice against them. Corey Perry had 19 goals this year. Mm-hmm. 40 points. Like, it's a good fourth line. It's a good fourth line. The defense, Nick, quickly. Mm-hmm. They're going Riley Labushkin, Muzzin Brody. So they're sheltering. You know, the, the Brody thing has been an overarching thing of who needs help? Let's put Brody with them. So clearly that's Muzzin. And then this newfound gold, which is Giordano and Lilligren, with Rasmus Sandin, who has been hurt on the sidelines, and Justin Hall. More experience, roller coaster type. You cool with these? I like it. I think this is pretty close to probably the most. You know, obviously with Sandine, it's it's tough to know his 
his health right now and, and what his injury status is. Um, I think it's pretty close to the optimal lineup. I think Labushkin and Riley, you know, has, has been that one scary. scares me. They're definitely that scares been, me. Yeah. You know, I think the fact that I know Riley's going to jump up in the play regardless. So having a guy like Labushkin who's going to stay back, like we know that Riley needs a player like that. He needs a guy that can give him the freedom to go up in the ice to do what he does best, which is transfer the puck, transport the puck, move up the ice, and get in on the attack. So I don't mind it. I think you're right about Muzzin. Like, what Jake Muzzin are we going to get? Um, you know, I don't think we need to expect him to be the Jake Muzzin where, that he was two years ago, which was you know, arguably one of the better defensemen in the league, mm-hmm. one of the best defensemen in the league. Um, but we don't want him to be the early season Jake Muzzin either. Where it's, We don't. It no. be a bit of a liability. Or that Muzzin that we saw in David Amber's video at practice, like just two and a half weeks ago, which made me very sad. I think we talked about blenders with the offensive lines. I think, and I would hope that Keith is going to use game one as understanding who is Tampa going to put out against Matthews and Marner. Because we know that he wants Riley out there with Matthews and Marner. that's, That's been a trend all season. So if they're going to go their top line against Tampa, I wouldn't be shocked if we see Brody move up into that into that first pair because now you got Riley and Labushkin, you know, defending Kucherov and Stamkos, which is less than ideal. But if they do try that Sorelli line against Matthews and Marner, I think you can live with the Labushkin Riley pairing. So it's I think that's going to be the interesting piece is what does Cassidy choose? To, not Cassidy. Uh, Cooper. Cooper, thank you. I'm thinking of the Bruins. I said Cassidy earlier, so yeah, yeah. No, no, but I know, I know, but it's going to be interesting to see what Cooper does. I know he doesn't have the last change, but like you Mm -hmm. said, there are ways to integrate your lines in the run of play of who you want to go against it. So if we see a lot of, if we see eight eight to nine minutes of the top pair, the top lines against each other, I wonder if we see Brody move up into that role and then the Muzzin Labushkin pairing drop down. Potentially. I think, you know, just for because of ice time, you're going to see Stamkos play against, you know, the Stamkos line go up against the Matthews line just because they're going to be playing so much. I do think Cooper's going to get a going to get a, a pretty big chunk of, actually, in the practice lines earlier today, they had Hagel, Point, and Sorelli on the right wing. They, they actually elevated. They went Sorelli on the wing? On the wing. So I, I expect that's the line that they're going to go up against mm-hmm. Matthews. Yep. Uh, and then probably McDonough, Cernak. Cernak um, and McDonough are getting are getting the Matthews minutes. We know that. They're getting the Matthews, yes. Yeah. So that's that's what I expect in Cooper's ideal world. But I mean, just because Stamkos is going to be playing a, a bunch of the games, Kucherov is going to be playing a bunch of games, and we know that Matthews and Marner, uh, like hopefully they're rested because we know Keith is really going to rely on them. They're going to play over twenty minutes, um, probably more, um, in these series. So, so there's going to be a lot of that too. Victor Hedman's going to see Matthews quite a bit just because of the ice time, um, but. I think the, the, the shifts where Sam Coast is up against any other line other than the Matthews line, I think that's something where the Leafs need to to kind of be aware of. And, and that's why I like the defense. So you that's don't like think Keith's going to throw Camp out against the Sam Coast line? I think there'll be some shifts. I think, you know, Some Camp, shifts. So this won't be, you don't think that, that it's going to be, hey, David, meet Steven, get acquainted. You're following him the rest of the night. Because I, I uh, just Matthews, you know, I, I don't. I think Matthews has proven himself to be. I don't need oh, that yeah. support. I'll go do that myself. 
I think they'll probably split it. I think that yeah. the there'll, there'll be a lot of you know just because of the ice time. You know, like Stamkos well, if and, it's and a, Matthews. Sorry to cut off. If it's if if, if Stamkos comes over the ice for defensive zone faceoff, Austin Matthews is coming on the ice. If Steven right. Stamkos goes on the ice for defensive zone faceoff, you got to think David Camp and Pierre Engvall are coming on the ice. Yeah, and and that's where you know how you're talking about that Mikheyev Engvall line. Like I think that's where Keith goes. Okay, Nylander, sit this one out. You'll get a shift. Don't worry. Maybe we'll we'll go Engvall Mikheyev. Maybe we'll throw. You know they have defensive players that can kind of take that on, but. Um, but yeah, you know, I think the if, if I had to give an X factor to this series, ooh, I like I that. Think, yes, I think Matthews. He's gonna. Sh- I think he, he has to show up. Obviously, Marner has to show up. You know, it's gonna be what John Tavares can do here. So I think that he's gonna be yes. kind of that 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 um, kind of have that sweet spot where maybe he's going up against Colton Ross and the Paul and Nick Paul. Sorry, fucking Colton that line. Maybe he's gonna get some shifts against Hedman as well. Like. Obviously, it's a series they're gonna, you know, see each other quite a bit, anyways. But I think Tavares is kind of that that sweet spot there. We missed him a lot, obviously, last year with the Montreal series. Um, you know, the Boston series, his first series with the Leafs, he was phenomenal. Like, yeah, he was, really he was good. A, and really him good. and Marner were on the shutdown that that year. Exactly with Hyman, and, and that was one of my favorite lines going up against Bergeron, Pasternak, and, and Marchand. So. I think Tavares, I, I would love to see him have a really good series here, especially after what happened last year. Um, you know, this season he's been he's been okay. I think the, the numbers have been there. Um, but I think that, you know, I, I would love to see him have a great series here because I think if he can be, you know, close to a point-per-game player, you know, even or just let's say a good producer at 5-on-5 five five in this series, mm-hmm. or at even strength, I think the Leafs have a really good shot. All right, so we got to go, but I, I got to... I, I could have done an hour and a half podcast with you on this. That's how Easily much I want to talk about, but I, I needed to get the Raptors stuff in and some other things that were going on. Um, I agree with you. I think the X factor is, is Tavares. I would say my X factor is going to be Jack Campbell just because of how of wide that chasm is between the talent levels of Vasilevsky and Campbell. Um, but I think that those are, are two good picks. One thing we did not mention that I do want to bring up is the special teams. Toronto has the number one mm-hmm. power play in the entire NHL, which they Definitely did not have last year. That was one of the most embarrassing things that I've ever seen. Their penalty kill, I think, where I think it ended around seventh or eighth, um, has been very aggressive. It, it struggled of late, but I do think that's going to be something that matters. Where this power play now, I think, is going to be a factor. Where a year ago and two years ago, Tampa's special uh, specialty teams would have dominated coming into this. They've been just okay. Now every time that they get a power play. I'm going to be terrified because that power play is going to be effective. But I just I, I didn't want to get through a, a 45 minute podcast with you, Nick, and not mention mention the special teams, because I do think that, that is going to obviously that's going to be a huge factor. I think Toronto is in a much better position this year to manage those minutes than they were a year ago against a much inferior team in Montreal. Um, of course. All right. So you have Toronto in seven. Yeah. I, I think you the, don't feel the, good about it. <laughs> it's well, I mean, this is a, this is, they have, they have Vasilevsky. I think, you know, at the end of the day, right. like goaltending is so important in playoff series. We've seen this over years. The Leafs are playing a team that has Montreal level goaltending of last year. And if not better, they're all, they're not one of the best. They're also one of the best teams in the league. So yeah. I think, you know, to, to put it, in a more optimistic way, I don't think 
Tampa's going to play the same way Montreal did last year. I think they're going to really want the puck. I think it's a good test. I think it's a good test for the Leafs this year. I just think this team has been really good this year. They're getting Andre Kasha back. They're, they look a lot healthier than they were early, like, you know, even two, three weeks ago. Um, the only thing I don't ask, I asked if I had a wish list was no suspension. Uh, no over the, we're fine. We're fine. Yeah, no over the glass. Well, I don't know. I think these, I think these games are going to get pretty chippy. Um, well, and Keith said that today. Know, he expects extreme violence. Yes. So, like, these games are going to get chippy. The Leafs have had some suspension problems this year with, with obviously Spezza. They have some guys like, you know, Simmons, Bunting, that, that could potentially get in trouble. Austin Matthews? No, Austin Matthews, yes. No, so, no suspensions. I don't want to see a Marner over the glass delay of game penalty this year um, in the playoffs. And uh, just good goaltending. I, I think I think I'll I'll say Leafs in seven. I'll stick to that. All right, I agree. And thankfully, Cap- thankfully, Kapanen's not here to throw a stick at someone um, yeah. in the middle of a collapse. I was at that game as well. Um, so I have Tampa in seven. Okay. I I just and you know what? And if it's Tampa in seven, then the the conversations come out about what's next, and. I think that this is a hard-fought series. I think this is this isn't Montreal. Last year, I think heads could have rolled. This is Tampa. This is a real thing. So just just don't lose in four or five, Jesus. Uh, but I do think they can win. And I think one of the things that you mentioned, of course, they can win. It's the NHL. But you mentioned something that did make me feel a little bit better going into tomorrow. Tampa is not going to do what Montreal and Columbus did. They are not going to sit back and go. We're going to clog this up. We're, we're going to let's talk about this like soccer. We're going to have ten men behind the ball and play mm-hmm. transition. This is the Tampa Bay fucking Lightning. They 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 think they're better than, than the than Toronto. They they may be. They're going to go play hockey, and I think that helps Toronto because let's play hockey. There's going to be openings. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be things that they can take advantage of. But if if we get Jack Campbell of January we're toast so yeah I got, I got Tampa in seven I'll be watching every game I'll be at a few so let's get down here on this I'm not going to go through every series but you're more than welcome to give a quick comment I am putting you on the record of your predictions for the rest of the series so let's start here Pan- Panthers Capitals uh Panthers and five I also have Panthers and five Canes Bruins which I think Sneaky, intriguing series. Bruins have had the Canes number. It, do mm-hmm. we know if Freddie Anderson is playing? I know uh, Ranta is not playing. Yeah, to me, um, I, I, I love Carolina. I think they're one of the model franchises in this this year. But I've also been, I think Boston's been an underrated team all year. Um, their goaltending caught up to how good their defense is. They are a really good defensive team. Carolina's also a pretty good defensive team too. I'm going to go Boston in. I'll go seven. I think that's going to be a really good series. I have Boston six. Um, Rangers Penguins. Uh, odd series, really odd series. I'll yeah. go Rangers. Um, I want to say Pens, but I, but I think the Rangers have gotten a lot better since the trade deadline. Uh, I like what they did at the trade deadline. Andrew Kopp has been great for them. He's been he's been great. I'll go Rangers in six. I'll stick with it. I was going to go Penguins. But I feel like I've picked the Penguins the last three years of well, <laughs> definitely the last two years of having this podcast, and I've been embarrassingly wrong every time. So I'll go Rangers, Avs, Preds. When do the Avalanche win? Four or five? five. 
yeah, yeah. fine. I'm with you. Wild Blues. Another great series. Yes. Uh, I go wild in six. I'm going to go. I, I really like, yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 go. No, I, I just love their coaching. Like, I think I think Dean Evanson is amazing. Uh, they're a fun team. I think it's their time right now. You know what's great? To at least make a run. To you at least make a little run, win a round or two. You could have offered me $2,500, and I would not have been able to tell you the Minnesota Wilds head coach. Just, I just want you to understand. And yet, him and, him and Sheldon Keefe right now in their uh, career, this is something I watch quite, quite often, is their, their career win percentage or points percentage. It's those two just battling it out. They're, they're, they're both winners. They're both winners right now. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go the Blues in seven. Um, as long as they play the better goalie and, and stop this Bennington stuff. Uh, Flames and Stars. Another really fun series. They've got a, a lot of really fun players on both sides. I love Jason Robertson. Calgary is obviously fun. Uh, Hold I think on. Calgary said Hold on. The Stars legit have like one or two fun players. The rest of them Jason are just... Robertson's really yeah, fun. He's inc- yeah, he's one of them. Uh, I'll, I'll go uh, Calgary in... That's a complete team. I'll go five. I'm going to go Stars in six. Wow. This has the Markstrom's good. Markstrom's good too. He's been really oh, good. Oh no, he's he's amazing. I, I just you know someone's gonna fuck up this entire thing. So why yeah. not let it be the stars? Because I don't think it's I think it's no, gonna be them. No, that's, you know what? Where you know what? I, I'm doing it. I'm gonna yeah. go I'm gonna go flames in six and then Oilers Kings. I'm gonna go Kings in six. I've I've stuck with Kings in I'll go seven, but I think the Kings I love the Kings. I think Philip the No. The, the Philip the yeah. No problem. Yep. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Kings in seven for that series. I really want to see Edmonton, Calgary, but uh, no. Oh, I would love to see it. It'd be great, but yeah. I'd also I no. Toronto, Florida. Round two would be juicy, but yeah. Nick, this has been awesome. Tell everyone where they can find you. What you got going on right now? And go leave skull. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at, at NickDeSouza underscore. Um, took a little bit of a break over the last two, three weeks as the season was winding down, but I'll be tweeting again once the playoffs start and you know today and obviously as the playoffs go on. Hopefully it's more than just one round. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. I think this is, you know, I haven't really felt this much excitement uh, for a playoff round since the Boston series, to be honest. I think, you know, the, the Columbus series and the, the Montreal season, series there was a little bit something missing uh but i think this series is, is going to be really good I, I, I love to see the Leafs go up against like really really strong teams like this and, like and tampa's obviously one of them no one had a better winning percentage against teams in, in currently that made the playoffs than your toronto maple leafs so let's hope let's pray go leafs go nick thank you so much for joining us we'll see you again soon Signing off of the From the Stands podcast. Ian, miss you, buddy. All the best. And uh, here we are. Let's hope we make it through.